Before we get started with the podcast tonight, I'd like to remind you guys to check out our Facebook page, which is Grey Uncommons, and that's where we offer our unique decal and t-shirt designs. So if you're in the market for a decal or a t-shirt, check out Grey Uncommons. That's Grey with an A, Uncommons, on Facebook. Now, back to the podcast. From the Gray Homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch, one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. And you're listening to yet another episode of Front Porch Anarchast. Tonight I am coming to you from the Gray Homestead in southwest Missouri. And when I when I started thinking about what this episode was gonna gonna be about, it occurred to me that in every episode I started out with the Gray Homestead in southwest Missouri. If you've listened to the podcast very many times, you've you've heard that over and over, now that I think about it. If this is your first time listening to it, I guess it doesn't really matter, but but for those of you who have heard it a few times, let me explain that, if I haven't already, but here goes. When I first started recording Front Porch Anarchast, it was from the front porch of the Gray Homestead, the Gray Homestead that is in north-central Arkansas. We still have our homestead down there. It's 20 acres in the middle of the Ozark Mountains, if you want to call them mountains. They're more like hills, but still, they pass for mountains, so that's what we call them. Completely off-grid. It's pretty tough to live there, but that's where we want to get back to. And when I started recording Front Porch Anarchast, I thought I had no idea I was going to be recording this anywhere else. And then once we moved back into town... I just stuck with the idea of Front Porch Anarchast because I assumed that that I would still be recording some episodes from the front porch. Now, the cabin's still there, the homestead's still there, but right now we have a temporary homestead that we're using here in southwest Missouri. So it turns out that the majority, you know, like 99.99% of the episodes have been recorded right here on this homestead. And and the reason I started thinking about that is I, I was planning out this episode, and I think I'm going to call this episode Winter Updates and Practical Anarchy. We'll see how that we'll see if that that title sticks uh, if it if it sticks or not. So it is it's the end of January. Super Super Bowl Sunday, oh, excuse me, the big game Sunday is coming up. 
it'll be on Sunday. The summer solstice is about, I mean, the summer solstice, the the winter solstice was about, what, a month ago, 30 days ago, something like that. And it's time that we started thinking about what we're going to do with the homestead when spring gets here. Because when you start doing the math, we have to we have to start putting things in the ground in February. There's there's some things that have to go in the ground in February if we're going to harvest those by the end of the uh, by the end of the summer. So there are other things that have to be done in February if we're going to put them in the ground when after the first frost we have to start all of our our seed starts some of those will take they take like a week to germinate and then it's another 8 weeks before you can put them in the ground you have to harden them off under uh, we grow those under grow lights and then you have to put them outside and let those harden off so that the sun doesn't kill them it's uh, there's a process and we also have to plan what it is that we're going to grow. Last year we didn't do so. Our <laughs> The job we did on that was not very good. So we just kind of haphazardly grew things. And this year we have a much better plan. And since the, uh, let's see, since the last update anyway, we have acquired some chickens much to my dismay, we have acquired chickens. I didn't want chickens here because we're we're really close to a we're really close to a road and you can probably hear this truck as it goes by. And you can hear my little yappy dog out there barking. I, that dog, he just he sleeps all day, barks all night. But anyway, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to have the chickens is because we're right here on the road and um, we have a chicken coop. We just really don't have a way to to let them out in the yard right now. The The yard's fenced, but it's a very low fence and there are hawks and it's just a mess. There, I, I mean, I can only imagine how easy pickings these chickens would be for the hawks that fly around here. I was pretty much set against that, but we have those now. So we're coming up with plans what we're going to do with those as far as letting them run in the in the spring and in the summer. We have to build a chicken tractor for that. We have we want to do like a main garden which will be our market garden and then we'll have a kitchen garden which will have just stuff that we're just going to use primarily for the kitchen. And the the market the market garden, anything that doesn't sell, we're just going to find a way to preserve that, which is going to be interesting. But that was part of the allure of this homestead because there's electricity here. There's running water here. It's fairly close to town. So if we need to run in town to Walmart to get something, I mean, we can do that. And, and I work in town, so you can just pick stuff up. We're at the homestead in Arkansas. That's really not a that's not a viable option. If you just need one thing, running to the store is a you know it's a twenty mile trek and it takes forty five minutes. So we're going to use we're going to use our time, the remaining time that we spend here, to uh, to experiment with some 
food preservation methods. We we kind of did that this year and this uh, this past year. So this year we're really gonna we're gonna step that up a notch and we need to do some experimenting with our deep cycle marine batteries and get some hard data on how long we can run lights off of those and how long it takes to charge those. I mean, we know from experience that we can run an LED light bulb, you know, like a regular light bulb that you would have in your house. We can run that for two weeks in the cabin if that's all we're running off of the battery. But what else can we run off of that? We're, we better be able to run our refrigerator and our freezer off of our batteries too. So we have to figure out how many batteries we're going to have to have and, and how much power is going to have to go into those to charge those up so that we can keep our food cold. And then, you know, we want some creature comforts. An air conditioner would be nice. May not happen. We might have to come up with some alternative method for that. Honestly, I mean, at nighttime... A, a window fan is all we need and we know we can run we can run the window fan for eight hours i think we did it twice two nights in a row we ran the window fan so 16 hours we could run window fans off of one battery charge but we want some we want some really hard data on that we we really don't know how much energy we have to put back into those batteries and going to need more than the batteries we have and we'd like to experiment with some with some windmills or I keep saying windmills with wind turbines you know I'm not talking about one of those great big 40 story tall wind turbines I'm talking about something with a car alternator attached to it in some form or fashion maybe with one of those and and some solar panels uh, we can get the job done and and you know we hope so put our Put our refrigerator and freezer in a in a root cellar. Add power to it. We ought to be able to to run it very efficiently because we have the we have chest. They're actually chest freezers, and I have a digital thermostat on one. It's not really a. It's a thermometer. It's a. It looks like a power strip. The freezer that we use for a refrigerator is plugged into this power strip. And I have the, um, I have a temperature sensor that runs from that power strip into the, into the freezer, the, the refrigerator freezer. That feeds the information to the power strip to tell it how cold or hot it is in there. And I've set the upper and lower limits on the uh, digital readout. So when it, when it gets too warm inside the freezer. It allows the power to come on, which lets the compressor come on. It cools it down when it hits, I forgot what I have it set at, 34, 35 degrees. When it hits that, shuts the whole unit back off by cutting the power off to the power strip. And it does that. It cycles that way. And so far, that's pretty. It, that's working for us pretty well. It's taken some getting used to because you don't have shelves. You have to reach down into the freezer. But... When you open the freezer or the refrigerator, all of your cold air stays in there. It doesn't just come pouring out. I hear coyotes now. My dogs aren't barking now because they don't want any part of that. They're willing to bark at cats or any other dogs that bark in the night. But when they hear those, they shut up and pretend like <laughs> pretend like they're not around. 
So yeah, we have some experimentation that we need to do, and this was the place to do it. Unfortunately, with a full-time job, and with two kids and a third on the way, I don't really have a lot of time to get back down to the cabin and record episodes of Front Porch Anarchast. So, every time I record one, it's right here on the um, on the homestead in southwest Missouri. And now that I have all that out of the way, I guess I could talk about the... Um, the dilemma that I'm facing, we, we're in, uh, we're really into the homesteading scene. Well, we like to homestead, and I don't mean like squatting on somebody's land or property. I don't, I have no desire to do that. By homesteading, I'm talking about growing our own food or growing a lot of our own food and preserving that making our own power, making our own water, just being more self-sufficient. And there's a there's a revival of the homesteading, that sort of homesteading in, um, in the U.S. People from all over, they're really into it. I mean, you can YouTube it and find channel after channel of people who are homesteading and we've we've uh, we interact with some of uh, some other homesteaders some people that are much more local to us we've uh, we attended one homesteading conference and we like the idea the things that they're doing which brings me to um, I probably already said that which brings me to my dilemma but I got off on a tangent there this spring one of the things we're planning for is a a festival a spring planting festival that's local to us. I mean, it's still an hour and a half away, I guess, but we want to attend this. We've we've gone before, maybe twice before. It's a two-day ordeal. It's it. They've yeah, we couldn't ask for anything better. All the food is vegetarian, vegan. Honestly, I think it was all vegan, and they serve some really good food. The cinnamon rolls were to die for. There's never a short line at the place where you get the cinnamon rolls there. But all of these homesteaders all come out to this and all of these different vendors. There's acres of this festival set up. It's all outdoors. Well, most of it is. They have some big tents set up too, but most of it's outdoors. It's way off in the sticks. I don't even get any cell phone signal while I'm out there. It's a, you know, it's kind of place where where you can let your kids get a little bit away from you. They don't have to be right up underneath you the whole time. And, and you know, it's it's nice to see what all the other homesteaders are doing. And, and they have some live music, like folk music, going on. And with all of that in mind, we thought that maybe this year we would get some booth space and try to sell our eclectic T-shirts and decals. Relax, I'm not going to go off on my t-shirts and decals. So there is a, uh, we were weighing out the pros and the cons of going to this thing. And, you know, we pretty much made up our mind we were going to go. It's it's pretty far out. And if we want to, if we don't want to have to drive back and, and waste all of that time and the time we could be sleeping. And by then we'll have a little bitty baby with us. Um, we thought we would just camp on the grounds there. That's a... That's a viable option. They allow that. 
but we don't want to stay in a tent with a baby. We've done that before, and I mean it's fine as long as it's not raining. So I'll if I can if I can scrounge up my tent and an air mattress, which I I still have both. So you know, and it's not raining, then we could sleep in that, and everything would be fine. We'd have to put a lot of blankets on it though, because with a baby sleeping on an air mattress, there's got to be plenty of blanket between the baby and the air mattress. Maybe we could put the baby in a box. Just don't tell Jennifer I said that. We could put the baby in a box on the on the air mattress. Yeah, that would not go over well. Although I hear that people do that in other countries. Anyway, again, off topic. But so what I was thinking is, is convert the Jeep into a stealth sleeper camper kind of thing. And I put some thought into that. I've I've put a couple of hours into planning that one out. And I I actually still think if we go to this, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I've slept in it before, but this would be nicer because there would actually it would actually be set up to sleep in. Shouldn't be too cold because I I think it's in April, so it shouldn't be that cold. We should be able to pull it off with five people in a in a car. Well, four people and a little bitty baby in a car. It'll it'll stay pretty warm, I'm sure in April, but, so we, we planned on doing that, and then there's the food that we have to take with us, because it's out in the middle of nowhere, and, you know, all of that, that we, that we would have to do, and we're, we're willing to do that, and then Jennifer tells me, oh yeah, by the way, you have to, you have to dress, you, dressed, you have to dress in costume, this is an, this is an 1800s themed festival, and all the vendors have to dress as if they were from the 1800s. So, okay, I guess I can wear some overalls or whatever they wore. You know, get a straw hat and move on. And then she tells me that, oh yeah, they say that you have to be in compliance with the county's regulations and ordinances concerning selling merchandise. Well, crap. I mean, that's enough to make me not even want to go to this thing. I mean, they have some other pretty strict rules, which irk me. But, you know, it's a private place. They're private property owners. If I want to go to their festival, I have to comply with those. The problem is this county government thing. Because, I mean, if I go to this, I'm just, I'll be lucky to break even. It's an investment for me to um, to do this. I'll have to actually print t-shirts and de- and cut decals before I go to this because there's no electricity option there. So I can't press those shirts while I'm there. So what am I going to do? I'm going to buy 25, 30 shirts. That's an investment. I'll have to cut the decals ahead of time when usually I cut them when there's an order for those. So there's an investment that I may not recoup either. I may not sell any of those t-shirts. In which case, I'll be wearing t-shirts for the rest of my life. But not only do I have to worry about all of that, now I have to figure out what kind of rules and regulations that that county, it's not even the county I'm in, what do they require? What are they going to require of me? And I know it's easy to say, I'll just blow it off and, and go to this thing, but I remember last year there were sheriff's deputies milling around that thing the whole time, and for all I know, they bring somebody from the county in that first morning and just check everybody's 
papers just to see uh, that everybody's legal. So I'm going to have to do some kind of work on that. Or more precisely, I'm going to have to keep pestering Jennifer to get that, <laughs> to get some work, do some work to get that done. But I'm really, I'm not interested in paying taxes on on any of this. I'm not interested in having to buy a license from the county just so I can participate in free trade with other people. It's all consensual. The, the, the county has nothing to do with this. It's on private property. I don't understand why the state gets to stick its nose in, in this business. I'm hoping there's some loophole that since, you know, I don't make, I make very little money off of this side business anyway. I'm hoping there's some loophole that if you make under a certain amount that you don't have to do anything. And I mean, I can, I can legitimately claim that I don't make anything off of t-shirts and decals. But they're probably going to make me have a taxpayer ID. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. And, and that's why I was saying I have a dilemma. I like to consider myself a practical anarchist. I don't go around, you know, throwing Molotov cocktails at, at cop cars. I do what I have to do to get along and stay out of a cage. And then sometimes I wonder, is is that going to keep me out of a cage? Not that I intentionally do anything shady. I just, I don't like, I don't like having to comply with silly rules and regulations. So that's why I'm saying that I'm a practical anarchist. i I don't want to obey the state, but I obey it enough to stay out of jail or or keep from getting fined. So do I comply with this? Do I do I bend over and take it so that I can participate in this because I mean th- if this works out, this would be our first foray into attending festivals and selling t-shirts and decals. I think we're going to have some plants there too as well to go along with the whole theme. So this could, you know, this could be the beginning of our our new career. So I don't want to miss out on it, but at the same time, I have to comply with the state in order to do it. So, does it make me a bad anarchist? I don't know. Does does handing my wallet over to if I'm if I'm being robbed and some guy sticks a gun to my head, tells me to give me or give him my wallet? Does it make me a bad guy if I give him the wallet? I mean, I don't want to get shot over my wallet. So, I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at this, is that if I don't comply, I'm going to get put in a cage. Or at the very least, I'm going to get fined in some way, shape, form, or fashion. The only other option is not to go, and if I do that, then... You know, that's taking my livelihood away. So is it any worse than somebody stealing my wallet from me? I I don't think so. But there are some people who listen to Front Porch Anarchast that have opinions about that, I'm sure. And if you do, then, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear some feedback. You can leave it on the Facebook page. Send me a, send me a, uh, a message through Messenger if you would like. Send an email. doesn't really matter how you do it. Anchor.fm, wherever you're listening to this right now, you can probably find the link uh, for the show or just Google Front Porch Anarchast, Anchor.fm, and uh, it'll pop right up. There's a button right there on the on the page. You can just push it and leave a voicemail. 
which might be the most simple way to do it. But I do get some messages through Facebook Messenger and try to respond to those as quickly as I can. But with kids and work and everything, sometimes it takes a day or two for me to get back to you. But but I would love to hear how bad of an anarchist I am for doing this or, or um, you know, if someone wants to pat me on the back and tell me it's okay that I'm, that I'm doing this, then... Every now and then I have to open the car door and yell at the dog and ask him to uh, be quiet because, you know, it's a voluntary homestead, so I ask him to be quiet. I am joking when I say that. Usually calling him by name and telling him to hush is enough to get him to do that, but I'm looking at the clock and it's about time to wrap this episode of Front Porch Anarchast up. Get back inside the house. I still have my day job that I have to go to and it's already... uh, it's already midnight, so at 7.30 in the morning, my kids are going to come up to me and look at me and start yelling cock a doo They think that's really funny. And I try explaining to them that, you know, I, I work at night. That's I've always worked at night or in the evenings. I guess a modified second shift would be what you would call that I work. And I need to sleep at some point. So waking me up at 7.30 in the morning when I don't have to go to work until 2.30 in the afternoon, that's just uh, that's just a bit much. And I try to remind the kids of that, and they just they just don't get it. They think it's funny yelling cock-a-doodle. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. I do appreciate you guys listening, and I do appreciate the feedback that I've received. And I really hope that you continue to keep coming back for more. If this was your first episode... I'm I'm usually more about vacate the state or uh, abolish the state, but I needed this episode just to kind of work this out in my head. I just wanted to take the time to give an update for what's going on here on the homestead. I don't do that every episode like I used to. I don't really think anybody cares about how great I think my homestead is or how great I think my kids are or, you know, that kind of thing. He's going to start barking again, and I'm just going to let him go, so I apologize for that. But if if this was the first time you listened to Front Porch Anarchast, I I hope you listen to another couple of episodes, either the past ones or come back for more. And if you're a, uh, a returning listener, I do appreciate that, and I hope you keep coming back for more as well. Thank you. you enjoyed this broadcast of the front porch anarchist like and share our page or send us a message at front porch anarchist on facebook No masters. And our king is no masters.
Chanacast. Hilo, hush!